Welcome to Bridging Chicago. I'm Leona Kuhar, your host. On this episode of Bridging Chicago, we have two guests, Ellen Ray and Cecile DeMello. Ellen and Cecile both have deep roots in community service. Ellen is the CEO of Chicago Cares, a nonprofit organization started over 30 years ago that connects volunteers from all over Chicago with various community organizations in Chicago. In her time with Chicago Cares, Ellen has implemented innovative approaches to help Chicagoans find their role in community service and helping to build a better city. Cecile serves on the board of directors of Chicago Cares and is the executive director of Teamwork Inglewood, a partner organization of Chicago Cares. Teamwork Inglewood is an organization that works to improve the lives of residents of Inglewood. Um, Inglewood is a century and a half plus old community located on the south side of Chicago. Welcome, Cecile and Ellen. Thanks for having um, you. I'd like to just start by asking each of you um, to tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you originally from Chicago? Do you currently live in Chicago? Cecile, we can start with you if you'd like. Yes, I was born and raised on the south side of Chicago. I went to Chicago Public Schools, and I currently live on the south side. I actually live in the Inglewood community, just a couple blocks away from Teamwork Inglewood's administrative offices, and I okay. raised my family in this community. Nice, very nice. And Ellen, how about you? Are you originally from Chicago? I am. I am. I'm from Chicago's northwest side. Grew up in the Logan Square Humboldt Park community. Um, third generation resident of that area and uh, only recently just moved out of the neighborhood, which I always uh, joke was an identity crisis, having to change my zip code because as a lifelong Chicagoan, I feel like, you know, your zip, you have attachment to your zip code. So I went yeah. from 60647 to 60641 um, and only moved a mile away, but still uh, had a hard time moving out of the neighborhood that I have called I'm home for most of my life. But yes, also a product of Chicago Public Schools um, and a proud lifelong Chicagoan. Yeah, I am a lifelong Chicago resident and I actually grew up on the south side of Chicago. And I have vivid memories of the Sears store that at one time was in the Inglewood neighborhood, going there as a child. Um, and, um, you know, I've lived on the south side for many years. I currently live. Um, more southwest in the city, but a lifelong resident. So always a 606 zip code of some sort. <laughs> yep. So Ellen, can you tell us about Chicago Cares and its mission? Certainly. Um, so as you mentioned, Chicago Cares is a 30-year-old, a more than 30-year-old organization now that is mobilizing volunteers to build a stronger, more unified Chicago. Um, and for us, at this moment in our city's history, that's really about building a more vibrant and equitable city through service. Mm -hmm. So we, um, we bring Chicagoans together. We like to say that we bring the power of people to the work of change and that there okay. are organizations all over the city um, we focus particularly on the south and west sides of Chicago that are doing fantastic work day in and day out um, to address the needs of their communities, to build a vision for their future. Um, and our goal is to help connect those um, transformational and impactful organizations 
to the volunteers and the talents and resources that come with them um, to advance their mission and their work. And part of what we think is so unique about our work is that in a city like Chicago, um, where we do experience a lot of day, daily segregation and daily sort of structures that keep us from building relationships across lines of difference, that our work is actually um, bridging work. It's a work that brings Chicagoans together um, in action, which we think is really unique, that it isn't just that we're bringing folks together um, to learn about the issues, which we are, uh, and to right. talk about the issues, which we are, but that we're also bringing Chicagoans together to act on the issues that are facing our city. And we're doing that by centering the wisdom and lived experience of people who live in these neighborhoods, who know the solutions and know what needs to be done. Um, and in that way, we're really helping to connect Chicagoans um, and build a sense of relationship and community that can bring impact um, to mm -hmm. the, the pressing issues that are facing our city today. So actually get concrete results from all the efforts. Yeah. And that building relationships is one of those concrete results. Uh, we actually mm -hmm. believe that all change happens in relationships and that if we um, if we aspire to big change in Chicago, that our relationships have to be as deep as our aspiration is big. Um, so we really think that it is an, a concrete action to build a relationship with your neighbor um, mm -hmm. that leads to action in the world. And so we're really excited both about, yes, what we get done through service, but also the ways in which it helps us build a sense of community and connection that can help us imagine a different Chicago because we're hearing um, we're hearing about the world from someone else's perspective and we're building our sense of empathy about what it means to live in a community that's not yours or to um, navigate that community day to day. And so we think that that understanding and empathy um, and really knowledge gained through those relationships is just as powerful as the work we get done through service. And before I go on, I was going to ask Cecile a question, but Ellen, you said something that sparked a question to me. So both of you ladies being lifelong Chicagoans and basically living in smaller type communities, do you feel that the sense of community is the same today as it was when you were growing up? Oh, I'm going to let Cecile start. <laughs> I think I have a unique experience on this one. I actually feel more um, connected in, in Inglewood raising my family than I did in Washington Park where I uh, grew up. Um, okay. I grew up uh, right across the street from the park. So first of all, I didn't have a lot of neighbors in the first place, okay. right? Because we have a big park across yeah, the street. that's a huge park. <laughs> yes. And um, uh, there were, it was a big condo building next to us. Um, so, and it had a very transient um, tenants, right? Uh, where, where I've stayed in Inglewood, both in West Inglewood and Inglewood, I had relationships with my neighbors. I still have relationships with neighbors in my old house I lived in. Um, we took care of each other. We talked about what's going on in the community. Um, it's a different type of care um, that I didn't have when I was growing up in in my neighborhood in Chicago originally. And I imagine, because I can, I remember that, um, you know, and I still have that sense of community with neighbors. And I clearly remember that growing up. Um, it's a big comfort. It really, truly is. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Definitely. I have a different, um, you know, growing up in Logan Square, Humboldt Park, Logan Square in particular is a community that's experienced a lot of change and gentrification over mm -hmm. my lifetime. Um, and so I, you know, the Logan Square 
that is today is not the Logan Square I grew up in, in a lot of um, really concrete ways. And I think I've struggled with, um, with those changes and the realities mm-hmm. of, of displacement that folks have, have lived with as the community has changed and watching friends um, and family members who couldn't afford to live in the neighborhood move out of the neighborhood, not because yeah. they didn't feel that sense of connection, but because the economics changed and their yeah. ability to sustain um, their residency in that neighborhood shifted. Um, so I think, you know, again, we're, I think we can make place wherever we are, right? We can build community wherever wherever we are. Um, and I've enjoyed, you know, having now moved, I've enjoyed the process of building community again. And and mm-hmm. I think it's built in small, again, actions, right? I think we talk a lot about how all action is valuable because it gives us, a, it makes something new possible. And so, yeah. you know, even the act of, you know, sitting on your porch, something that I remember doing in Logansburg growing up, like mm-hmm. occupying the front space of your home and being out on the sidewalk um, and, and being able to talk with neighbors as they walked by is something that I think is a small but really important action that we can take to build community wherever we are. And that presence, right? Presence and proximity being yeah. the two most important ingredients um, for relationship building. And again, part of the reason that we think service is so valuable is because it makes us present in, in the mm-hmm. moment. And it also brings us proximate um, to the experiences of others. And so I still think those are the ingredients for success in my own life, that presence yeah. and proximity are, are ultimately those building blocks. And every little step helps, no matter how yeah. small, you know, it's a, step, it's yeah. a step forward. Every step forward is, is a positive step. Um, it's, still, it's putting your I arm like, out, right? Right. Like, yeah, making, initiating, you know, just Exactly. Cecile, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about Teamwork um, Inglewood. How did it start it and why? What? How, tell us all about it. Sure. So Teamwork started in 2003. It was actually a collective um, initiative of different institutions at the time. St. Bernard um, Hospital, Pullman Bank. LISC, which is a national like intermediary group um, across the country, but they have offices here in Chicago. And what they were trying to do was to create a quality of life plan for the community. This is a planning process that's community driven, that thinks through the priorities of residents and local stakeholders, puts it on a paper as a plan, and then usually there's a convening group or a group that helps to implement those key priorities and strategies. So teamwork was actually created to help create that quality of life plan. Okay. The first plan goes from 2005 to 2015. Mm-hmm. And I came on to teamwork actually kind of as a volunteer. Okay. And I was active in the second quality of life plan formation, which started in 2016, which ended up having so much more robust engagement with community leaders and stakeholders um, coming off of some local momentum around Inglewood Square, which is the new shopping mall that opened up in 2016, and some other great work that was being um, implemented by community leaders. So this second plan sounded like a great way to maximize community engagement and the development we were seeing to create a more sustainable plan to maintain all of these. And even though the pandemic has created some challenges for the community, The Inglewood Quality of Life Plan has been a great tool to help teamwork see where we can grow um, and meet the priorities of the community, as well as help other community groups and stakeholders 
take a hold of what community members are saying are important to them and kind of create this collective impact of us all working together on a shared agenda in different parts of quality of life issues for the community. So our working groups include public safety, health and wellness, education and youth, um, jobs and economic development, and housing and public spaces. And before the pandemic, residents were meeting monthly to work on this, start projects, create programs, support the things that were working. Having almost like dozen, uh, more than a dozen projects and programs happening simultaneously, the teamwork was helping in the greater Englewood community. Well, I did read a little bit about what teamwork um, Inglewood did for the residents during the pandemic, and it seemed like you guys were just front and center helping the residents. Yes. So teamwork, in addition to the convening and the planning that we do with the large scale, we also do direct services here as well. So we run a robust returning citizen program here that helps with job placement and wraparound services. We work with women in job placement as well and wraparound services, especially for single-headed uh, households in Inglewood. And we work with young people. So our clients went through a lot during the pandemic. And thankfully, our staff, mostly that live in Inglewood, were actually able to learn what were some of these new barriers and issues that families were facing, like an all of a sudden food insecurity because they weren't working, needing help getting uh, benefits. Um, we supported getting people internet connectivity during um, virtual learning, um, as well as increased youth programming for so many young people who were anxious and needed support during virtual learning transition for the city. So a lot of what we did was in response to hearing real time what residents were struggling with, what we were personally struggling with, and then pivoting as much as we could. So that seems like a, a big asset that so many of your staff are actually residents of Inglewood because it just it's really hands on then. You're really at oh, very the course. And the other part I love about, you know, having a staff that represents our community is that we see what's happening in our community from an asset lens and we don't look at it from a deficit lens. So we're building okay. the community and doing programming by uplifting the great things that exist, as opposed to always looking at what we don't have. We look at what we do have. We look and at we the positive. Right. So my guess is then that the residents of Inglewood have had a very positive response. To teamwork? Yes. Oh, yeah. Teamwork, um, sometimes I don't even know how some of our participants even know about us. A lot of how we get people to be involved has been through word of mouth, <laughs> not even formal marketing strategies or anything like that. Our mm -hmm. doors sometimes open with a line of people saying, hey, my friend got a job here. I was wondering if you could help me or I'm interested in this youth program. My friend is in it and I want to be in it too. We're at the same high school. It's mostly word of mouth that actually supports the recruitment of our programming. Okay. Um, so what are some of the other organizations that Teamwork Inglewood partners with? Oh, yeah, we partner with dozens of community organizations and residents. Um, just to name a few, we work with uh, Grow Greater Inglewood, uh, Growing Home, Imagine Inglewood If, Resident Association of Greater Inglewood, many of the local churches, um, Target Area Development Corporation with our safety program, St. Bernard Hospital, um, 
Howard Brown Clinic, Heartland Alliance, <laughs> everyone from hospital stakeholders to even Chicago Public Schools where we run programming inside of. Uh, teamwork has a robust network that helps with our collective impact work. Oh, wow. So, um, Ellen, um, how is Chicago CARES currently involved with Teamwork Inglewood? Yeah, so our relationship um, started about five years ago. The, our organization has been going through a pretty significant um, evolution over the last okay. five years. And about five years ago, we um, decided to really shift our approach and launch something that we called the Community Investment Strategy, um, which was really our way of, of um, getting deeper in relationship with communities, particularly communities like Englewood that had spent time and energy and expertise and wisdom on the ground to build these quality of life plans, which were okay. basically a roadmap for how they wanted the community um, to be different um, and to grow okay. and to develop. And so we, um, as an organization, started asking ourselves how we could support community-driven and community-led work in more significant ways. Mm -hmm. And so Teamwork Englewood was one of the early communities that had a quality of life plan, had a clear vision and direction for the work they wanted to be doing. Um, and we started conversations by asking how could volunteers be helpful? Like where are, way, where are places in the quality of life plan that we might be able to lend our support through volunteers and through um, relationships with corporations? Many of our volunteers come through our corporate partners. How could okay. we lend our resources to the work of the community and really bring greater visibility um, and, and again, great time, talent, treasure, all of those things around the work that was being led by and driven by community residents, both, mm -hmm. as you've heard, Englewood's amazing staff, but also their core of already amazing volunteers that are right. working um, on a monthly basis. And so we asked Teamwork how we could join that work. And, and five years later, we've engaged over 3,000 volunteers and almost 500 projects um, in Englewood that are aligned to the quality of life plan or that are building the capacity of local organizations like some of the ones that she mentioned, Imagine mm -hmm. Englewood If, Grow Greater Englewood, to engage volunteers in their work. And so for us, again, it really goes back to that idea that we want people to connect to community-driven, community-led change. Um, we okay. want them to build relationships with the critical institutions that are doing um, amazing work every day, 365 days a year. And we want them to learn about the issues um, and the assets, right? Not just, to Cecile's point, not just the challenges, but also the amazing assets, both community assets, the people assets, the uh, the cultural assets that are in a community so that we can change our own narrative and approach about our city and start to invest in solutions differently. Um, yeah. So we are, we think of ourselves again as sort of an implementation catalyzer that we can bring people um, to the work in ways that are defined by and directed by Teamwork Angle within their network of organizations. Um, so that is, that's been our commitment for the last five years. It's been a very robust partnership full of um, lots of different organizations um, in our network, many of which um, Cecile named, but also many different ways of working. So we've done everything from uh, community murals. We did a we're finishing up, fingers crossed this year, a public art project um, mm -hmm. that was a mosaic designed by the community to delivery, grocery delivery with Grow Greater Englewood, um, to youth programming um, with IEI. And so we've had a lot of opportunity um, to really go deep instead of wide. And that's really been our approach for the last five years is to get into deep, 
relationship with transformational organizations and ask how we can use our position, our resources, and our people to advance that work at the community level. Because it seems to me by going deep, you can get to the core. And then once you're at the core, you can spread out easier. Yeah, and I think we can start to help set our volunteers on a path for greater civic engagement too. Because mm -hmm. I think the thing that we're clear on is service is the start of the journey, not the end of the journey. Um, right. And that really service is the front door to the work of social change and to community mm -hmm. change. But that there are so many other ways that we have to engage um, in order to really change our city and to change the systems and structures that govern our lives. So it's service plus. We talk about this a lot, that we want people to serve and we want people to give. We want people to advocate. We want people to join organizing efforts. We want people to vote and to lift, lift their voices with their elected officials. And that all of that is civic engagement. And service is just a part of civic engagement. But to your point, yes, we get deep. And then we start to see what more we can do and right. really what more is needed of us to really transform our city. Um, and so what we appreciate about partners like Teamwork is that they really are like full service, right? They, they are doing the direct service work, but they're also doing the organizing work. And they're also lifting their voice on policy and practices that need to change. And they have a wealth of organizations that need resources and people. And so we can really put together a journey for volunteers that maybe starts with service and the question, how can I help, but ends right. with a real clear path to how we can, as individuals, join collective efforts to really make change in our city. And I, it seems to me that the community involvement with Teamwork Inglewood has really enhanced, enhanced your organization. And- oh. Yes. Cecile, how, how do you go about raising funds, raising money for all these projects? Are there grants? Do you have donors? Yeah. So the majority of our funding comes from some contract services that we do with the city of Chicago, um, where especially our returning citizen work, um, we are funded by the Department of Family Social Services. Um, and then some of our, our funding comes from private foundations. Um, mm -hmm. that support our work. Um, I would like to say majority of our funders also support our journey, right? They okay. are a part of us walking the path to learn what is working well and what we can then actually even leverage more resources when we find programs that work well, right? Um, the last piece is a cool relationship that has emerged with Chicago Cares is actually some of the corporate partners that come to Chicago Cares trying to figure out the ways that they can get involved in the community end up being opportunities for funding for Teamwork Inglewood and the other groups that Chicago Cares work with. Two examples is um, PepsiCo is a company that wanted to do work with young people and Chicago Cares helped them to narrow down what that looked like. And mm -hmm. we ended up beginning to actually form program partnerships with PepsiCo for our young people, in addition to receiving funds to enhance our youth work, which is a part of our quality of life plan to begin with. And then we started a very interesting relationship with Comcast that Chicago Cares helped to navigate that allowed us to think about the digital divide in Inglewood and how Comcast can show up in more spaces around the need for internet connectivity and digital learning. And so we've been working on that project with Comcast, again, that was facilitated through Chicago Cares, knowing what teamwork was doing on the ground level during the pandemic and making the connection 
But also knowing that some of the corporations also are thinking different about equity and their role in segregation and racial inequity in the city of Chicago. So our relationships can't just always be about one volunteer opportunity. But what Chicago Cares has done is helped corporations to think about long-term investments in communities that have been neglected, sometimes indirectly by systems that those corporations may have participated in. And so it's a really long-standing relationship built in addressing root causes in our community and have corporations be thought partners and investors um, in addition to being volunteers. So it, it really does help to have long-term commitment from these organizations. Oh, definitely. You know, the injustices that communities like Inglewood face, they didn't happen in a few years. They right. happened after decades of disinvestment and institutionalized racism. So it's not going to be a quick fix that helps us to right. restore and repair our communities. So having long-term commitment and partnership and willing to learn with each other is really important to help us unravel some of the things that are impacting the quality of life for Chicago and especially communities like Inglewood. Did you ever imagine this, Cecile? That <laughs> I do pitch myself <laughs> a couple of days a week because um, I would have never imagined that I'd be doing this work in my own community where I raise my children. So I'm actually very and humbled. In the Florida. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I just, I feel like a humble servant. So um, yes, actually, it's a great question. Sometimes I cannot believe that I'm doing all of this. <laughs> well, it seems to make you very happy. So, and I'm sure your children are proud of you. Yes, I hope so. When I drag them to many community meetings late at night. <laughs> well, I can't imagine that they would not be very proud. I just think I'm sure they just glow and smile when they think of mom. <laughs> Awesome. Yes, I think so. So how, um, Ellen, how do you, what changes in volunteerism have you seen over the years, despite, you know, the pandemic lasting a couple of years? What has changed? And is it better? Yes. Uh, so lots has changed. And the pandemic was a great disruptor. But Chicago Cares has also been working to disrupt the way that we do service for for, you know, again, more than five years and well before the pandemic. I think the truth is that service needs to change because of what we heard from Cecile already, mm -hmm. that service, um, again, service does need to become relational and find its relational roots again. We like to say that service has always been about the people, um, but there have been times and moments, even in our own history, where service has been about what we get done and not about who we get it done with. Um, and we really want service to come back to the heart of, of what it's about, which is ultimately about connection and about people and about building relationships. And in our case, in Chicago, it's about building those relationships across our differences. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think for us, service has to has to continue to to lean into this evolution of being community driven and really led by the folks most directly impacted. Um, it needs to, to be less about what makes us feel good at volunteers and really okay. more about what we learn. And I think that that's a challenging message for a volunteer organization uh, to, to sort of claim, but it is our mantle that not all services is comfortable and not right. all service right. makes us feel good. That sometimes our most transformational service experiences make us uncomfortable. 
and are disruptive for us, but they are growth experiences. They're experiences that help us learn about ourselves and our city in, in deeper and more meaningful ways. So we believe that service is transformative, but it really matters how we do it. So again, community-driven matters a great deal to us. Doing this work in a, a way that is cognizant of history and, and particular city's history around racial inequity is really important. So who decides what the project is matters. And at Chicago Cares, our community partners lead the work to define the projects. Um, mm -hmm. And then we ask volunteers to join us, whether those are our corporate volunteers and partners, as Cecile mentioned, or community volunteers. So I think that we need to, to continue to embrace moving away from done in a day service or thinking right. about service as something we do at the holidays. And we need to start thinking about service as both a powerful action and a way of life. How can we continue to incorporate um, that sort of service mentality into the way that we live our lives, into the way that we give, again, the way that we vote, the way that we lift our voices around policy and organize with our neighbors and show up in our communities. And that service, when done in that relational way, that long-term committed way, uh, gives us the chance to be transformed. So it doesn't mean that you have to you know, sign up to be a mentor once a week, but it can mean that you are joining a four-week program with Chicago Cares. And not only are you serving, but you're learning about the issues and why food insecurity exists and what is food apartheid. And this language that, that we are hearing a lot in the world, how do we really make, make meaning of that and understand it? So I think it's that we have to be willing and open ourselves up to serving differently to meet the moment. And that's what the pandemic required of us. Chicago right. Cares we overhauled our entire portfolio. We did things we'd never done before. We did virtual service. We did education-only programs. We started text banking and phone banking Chicagoans about the mm -hmm. census and get out the vote and vaccine information. And those were things that never in our wildest dreams pre-pandemic would we have done. But that was what was so required for our partners. The pandemic helped. I mean, it, was, it, it actually was a positive thing in that aspect. It and required... It, yes, it required us to accelerate and evolve what we knew the change already needed to be. Right. And, you know, I, you mentioned this a couple times, Ellen, about being a volunteer and being involved and actually learning from the experience. And yep. my thought is if you invest time and you actually learn something about that project, about the people, you know, that you're, you're volunteering to help, it's not just you're not just walking away with that, oh, I volunteered in, at a soup kitchen. I, have a, I feel good about it. But you actually get involved and learn. I think yep. keep, that, that is a thing that makes people keep coming back to volunteer, I would think. Yeah, and I think it's also indicative of what we really believe, that volunteering is a mutual experience, that it is not just about what you give, but it's about what you receive. And that is ultimately what makes it um, not just a chair. I think we often think as, as service in a charitable framework that it's about giving back or giving to somebody else. And certainly there is a, gi a giving portion. Right. Um, but what we want service to be is actually, again, mutual and relational. And so we want to also be cognizant of what we receive and frankly, mm -hmm. what our needs are. And as a lifelong Chicago, and I still have a lot to learn about our city and about the experiences of my neighbors and about yeah. what it's like. Um, for Cecile to raise her kids in a, in a neighborhood different from my own. And so I think that if we can take that humble posture as volunteers 
and as partners in the work, we can build relationships that are built on our mutual desire for change. And those are, those are in essence, always going to be transformative relationships because we're opening ourselves up to, to something new or different for us. And Cecile, teamwork Inglewood has done so much. What, what do you see in the future? What else would you like to see teamwork, teamwork Inglewood accomplish? Oh, such a good question. But um, definitely we want to continue to expand how we show up for vulnerable residents, young people, uh, people with backgrounds, um, single mothers. So providing more programs and comprehensive support for them, right? So not just helping them get a job, but how do we help them think long term about being a homeowner or um, starting a business in the community? How do we help young people think about college prep? and what they want to do after high school and really being able to support them in their dreams, um, not just introduce them to the dream, right? Um, right? And then also thinking about the quality of life plan. How do we provide more economic development in our community? We just recently helped the, with the opening of a, a gro- another community grocery store in our community, okay. and we're working on transitional housing for returning citizens. But more of that, um, so sometimes people just think of 63rd and Hosted as a place where investment is thriving. Part of Teamwork's work with our, our community partners is making sure that there's investment on all the corners of Inglewood and all the corridors. Um, Inglewood is a very large community. And right. so the impact uh, from one small space is still very important. But how do we replicate it throughout the community and have yeah, multiple community front? Yeah. Okay. Multiple community-run uh, grocery stores and and multiple small businesses uh, uh, being able to to move into the community. And I think the larger part is as we continue to do good work in Inglewood, how do we call out policies and change them as well? There's so much that's happening in our community that we bump up against long-term policies and practices like. How do we take care of the abandoned buildings and spaces in our community when you have landlords who sit on properties, negligent properties, and don't give a resident an opportunity to maybe have that as their home or their business? So I'm definitely interested in what the future holds and how Teamwork's programming shows up in more policy work um, to help move change along. And how even some of our corporate partners that we meet through Chicago Cares could be a part of the work. Uh, Chicago Cares and Teamwork partner during the census and GLTV work. And I also hope we do that work moving forward to build collective power in Inglewood and also to mobilize with the allies that grow and, and, and become in loved with the work that's happening in Inglewood and also maximize our power and advocate for the, the rights and the needs of our residents. Well, Cecile, you have such a passion for this and as you do, Ellen, so I can't see how the partnership of Teamwork Inglewood and Chicago Cares can't be anything but successful. (laughs) Thanks. So um, just in closing, um, Ellen, is there something that you'd like to tell us more about Chicago Cares that you'd like our listeners to know? And I'd also like you to um, let our listeners know how they could um, reach Chicago Cares. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, again, we we partner with Teamwork Englewood, but we also work in um, a number of other communities across the city, actually upwards of, of 10 community areas now where we're doing this deep um, side-by-side work with organizations like Teamwork. Um, so I think Englewood is such a, a 
beautiful example of what our partnership can mean, both for us as mm-hmm. an organization in terms of how it changes us, um, but how it's continuing to support um, Teamwork Anglewood and, and build those relationships, both again with our corporate partners who work with us as well as with Chicagoans who want to get more engaged. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there's you know, there's a there's room for everyone. Uh, and right. we really want Chicagoans to see service again as the start of their journey um, to to make an impact on our city. And, and it may not be where they end. We actually hope that folks get really attached to organizations like Teamwork Anglewood and start to volunteer directly with them and the organizations that they work with and join QLP committees um, and do do work to, to raise funds and, and support their small businesses. Um, but we off, we see ourselves again as sort of that, that starting point for many Chicagoans about where they find their place and their power to make change. Yeah. Um, and so we're, you know, we, it's an open invitation, uh, both for, for Chicagoans that want to get more engaged. We have a calendar on our website, www.chicagocares.org, um, where you can sign up for programs that are with some of the organizations that Cecile mentioned, um, that where you can sign up for education programs to learn about some of the issues that Cecile has talked about today, um, and where you can build your leadership development skills. So we actually do have leadership programs as well that oh, help okay. um, volunteers to transition from, again, folks that are maybe exploring their place and finding their cause to folks that are leading on these issues. Okay. Um, in, to actually being an organizer. Yeah. And I think, and, and again, sometimes it's an organizer, sometimes it's an advocate, sometimes it's a volunteer leader in our organization mm-hmm. who wants to lead projects. So there are so many ways to get in where you fit in. That's something we often talk about in community okay. work, it's like get in where you fit in. Um, but there's a lot of, of opportunity. So I think as an individual, our calendar is a great way to start. Um, if you work though in a corporation or you're a leader of a, of a business that is thinking about um, community engagement. And again, I think in this particular moment, so many companies are trying to discern where, how they get in where they fit in uh, mm-hmm. and how they make meaningful contributions at the community level to their, their social responsibility goals and to the fabric of our city. And Chicago Cares is, is a partner in that work. We are often a guide. Um, we do consulting with companies about their CSR strategies, their corporate social responsibility strategies. Um, we also do trainings for folks on civic engagement, how to how to actually engage community in a way that is community driven and does advance mm-hmm. race equity and does practice cultural humility. Um, so we have training offerings and then we we curate projects. So we do help to, as Cecile mentioned, build these relationships between companies and communities and organizations and, and facilitate that. That was the word right. that Cecilia used. We facilitate that service. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that regardless of how you come to the work, whether it's through an institution or as an individual, Chicago Cares is you know sort of the premier facilitator of service in Chicago. And we do it always in a, a, a model that is co-designed, where it is not just the volunteer's desire that is driving the process, but we're bringing community uh, organizations to the table to help us design best in class, ultra imp- high impact service. And that I think is our distinctive edge. So when we think about you know how you get into the work, we want to be an asset to both institutions and to individuals here in the city to think about how we do the service in this way that is relational, is community driven, and ultimately is going to help us build a more equitable Chicago. Yeah. So it seems like you would, a volunteer would be getting all that they needed from Chicago Cares as far as, you know, where to go and, you know, if they wanted leadership skills, it's like a one, one stop. 
Yeah, we're trying to be pretty holistic in the way that we put our arms around folks as they journey to figure out how to make an impact. Yeah. And Cecile, um, what about teamwork um, with Inglewood? What else? Is there something else you'd like us to know that we haven't covered? And then also let our listeners know how they can help and reach you. Sure. So I'll give a couple of ways that people can tap into our work. Um, so the plan that we've been talking about, the Inglewood Quality of Life Plan, uh, there are different stakeholders and different ways to be involved in the Quality of Life Plan work. So on our website, www.teamworkinglewood.org, we have an interest form. And so there we're gathering information from people who might be interested in those five working groups I mentioned earlier, health and wellness, housing and public spaces, education and youth, jobs and economic development, public safety. Um, I think I got all five. Um, And then um, from there, we'll follow up and you can join in in some of those meetings that we have where we discuss strategies, priorities and projects. That's also the best way that sometimes the projects that even Chicago Cares is involved with teamwork. That's how you'll Mm -hmm. find out about them because they're happening inside of those working groups. And it's where we talk about, discuss and plan them. Um, Secondly, in our social media channels is where we use that to actually talk about upcoming spaces where we have events or programs or recruiting for those programs as well. And people can spread the word about those programs or learn from our staff how to be involved. So on Instagram, um, you just type Teamwork Inglewood and our, mm-hmm. uh, our Instagram handle will show up as well as in our Facebook. And we're trying to get in the world of TikTok. That's usually been where all of our public safety work has been is on our TikTok channel. And that's under our public safety uh, campaign called Time 2136. So it's T-I-M-E. And then it's the number 21 semicolon 36. And that stands for This Is My Inglewood. And 21 and 36 is actually the two zip codes. Like Ellen started the conversation. (laughs) Our two zip codes of Inglewood and West Inglewood. So that encompasses um, Greater Inglewood. That's so funny. We come back to zip codes. So got to be proud of your zip code in Chicago. And um, and it's a community-driven public safety program that we've been running for the last about three years. And it's beautification public art that we do. Um, We have a youth leadership program. We talk about trauma, mental health, and we work with violence um, prevention groups as well as our local police department to come up with creative leadership-based ways of addressing crime in Inglewood. Mm -hmm. So um, that has its own um, social media handles as well because it's it's really active, especially as the weather warm up. This past summer, we had activations almost every weekend uh, in time 2136 in our youth work. So there's ne- there's always something to get into in Inglewood that's positive. And okay. that's part of the great work that I think Chicago Cares and us are uplifting is that there's greatness happening in some of the communities that get a bad rap in the city of Chicago. Yeah. And Chicago Cares helps to introduce people of how to get in tune and support the great things that are happening in communities like Inglewood across the city. And I'm so glad that Bridging Chicago is able to share the stories of both of you. And and to like to your point, Cecile, about talking about the positive things going on in Inglewood. I'm glad that we're able to be a part of that. So thank I'd you. like to thank you so much for joining us. And um, it, it was truly a pleasure. And I hope that we can um, meet again sometime and do another episode. That would be great. 
Awesome. We Thank love it. You. And Thank good you luck so to both of you. Thank you so much for all the things that you do for Chicago. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solutions Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including, but not limited to, or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding. 